0: This morning our message is going to come from the Gospel of John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. If you would like to turn there, would you do that as I am going to, in a moment, read uh, from those. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and do not understand these things? Hmm. For title for these verses this morning, I'm using uh, these words, The New Birth. That's clever, isn't it? I knew you'd appreciate a clever title, uh, and so that's why I gave you one. (laughs) Morgan Stanley, uh, the Wall Street banking firm, announced last week that it will not allow its employees to enter its building unless they have been vaccinated for COVID-19. Simply put, no vaccination, no entry. There is a similar spiritual reality regarding entrance to the kingdom of God. No new birth, no entry. Of course, the new birth is not in the hands of men. Sinners cannot control it. Sinners have no power over the new birth as the employees of Morgan Stanley have over getting a vaccine. The new birth, simply put, cannot be accomplished by human effort. It is a singularly divine Work. It is indeed a miracle. It is supernatural. To enter the kingdom of God, to become a Christian, it is not something that man can do. It is something only God can accomplish. Therefore, nothing that man does or can do, including religion, can achieve the profound and eternal transaction or transformation of the soul that being born again brings about so the new birth is required the new birth is required that's my first point Nicodemus is a case in point about the inability of religious people and human effort to achieve the greatest need that any human being on this planet will ever have and that is the new birth this Nicodemus is a religious man he was a uh, a leader in Judaism he was deeply involved in religion and religious activity the text you'll see there as I read a moment ago in verse 1 it identifies him as a Pharisee he's a member of a group in Israel, a religious group, a governing body in Israel, part of a governing body that's under Rome and they believed in the resurrection of the dead they believed in spirits, they believed in angels they were supernaturalists They had right theology regarding those things. Nicodemus also was a ruler of the Jews. That is, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin, they they were the religious body there in Israel. And this ruler of the Jews, notice something about him. You'll see in verse 2 when he says to Jesus, you have come from God. He believed in God. He was esteemed, an esteemed and eminent teacher of the Old Testament as well. That's what Jesus said about him. Are you the teacher of Israel? (laughs) The teacher of Israel? This man had impressive religious credentials. On the surface, one would think that this man named Nicodemus is in the kingdom, that he is right with God. When you you list all that he is engaged in, all that he he does, and the esteem that he's held in by his peers in religion, you think, oh, yes, this man is right with God. But Nicodemus, for all his religious attainments, was not in the kingdom of God. He was not a saved man. He was a stranger to grace. He was religious, but he was lost sadly he's a an ancestor spiritually speaking of people today many of his offspring occupy churches they serve in churches they're engaged in religious activity they've read the bible they've even memorized scripture Uh, they have religious jargon christianese they can speak it they do all those things but yet they're like nicodemus they are religious but lost not born again And Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at night. Verse two. Night in John's Gospel usually carries a symbolic overtone of spiritual darkness. Eleventh chapter, tenth verse. You recall in John thirteen thirty is story of um, part of the story of the Lord's table. Jesus instituted the Lord's table as the night he was betrayed and Judas was there with him and he took of the sop and Jesus told him to do what you do do it quickly and Judas exited from Jesus and the disciples and John records these words and it was night spiritual darkness enveloped Judas spiritual darkness was in the life of Nicodemus. Spiritual darkness is intellectual and moral darkness. Intellectual because a person is ignorant of divine truth. It is moral because their life is one of sin, chronic sinfulness. And that's the reality with this man, Nicodemus. That's the reality of anybody who's outside the kingdom. Nicodemus, because of his spiritual darkness, He didn't have the light of truth. He didn't have holiness. The things that come from being born again. It's an amazing reality that people can be engaged in religion. But no more going to heaven than a person who would have nothing to do with the church. He comes to Jesus and he addressed him respectfully. You notice he calls him rabbi rabbi means teacher perhaps he saw him as a peer he hears a fellow teacher and he, he s- sees that Jesus has come from God he says and the reason they believe he and his associates that Jesus has come from God is because of the signs that he did signs the miracles he saw the power Jesus a teacher impressive teacher he was impressive in that he did miracles he had to come from God He couldn't do what he did unless he had come from God. That was Nicodemus' assessment of the person of Jesus. What's fascinating to me about all of this? Nicodemus says these things to Jesus, but in verse 3, significantly, Jesus does not answer the implied inquiry of Nicodemus. Nicodemus may be wondering Are you the Messiah? after all he had heard John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus but Jesus doesn't address that rather if you will he cut to the chase he says to him truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God (laughs) so why would he say that to Nicodemus Nicodemus is saying these things about it why don't you answer his questions because Jesus knew what Nicodemus really needed he knew what he really wanted. In fact, let me let you know this in case you don't. Jesus knows what's in man. In John 2 25, it says this, and because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus knows the heart of people, he knows the motivation, he knows all of that. He doesn't need anyone to come and tell him. Nicodemus needed. And he says, Amen, Amen. Lego Soy. Truly, truly, I say to you, truly, truly, uh, he is calling attention to the reality that I am about to tell you truth assured truth. And I say to you, those words, Jesus' own authority. It's an authoritative pronouncement is getting ready to come from the lips of Jesus to the ear of Nicodemus. And here is what he says. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word, unless, is a pivotal term. Unless. This is the necessary precondition for any human being to see and to enter the kingdom. Unless unless there's a new birth one will not enter the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God unless there's a new birth one will not go to heaven unless one is born again that's what Jesus tells Nicodemus you need to be born again Jesus of course you know uses physical birth as an analogy for rebirth or the new birth you see natural birth as you're all aware is our way of entering into this world spiritual birth or being born again is how one enters into the kingdom of God In both kinds of birth the one born think about this has nothing to do with their birth I don't remember being born but I am absolutely certain they didn't say to me baby boy help us bring you into the world I was utterly passive in the whole matter just as you were we're passive in the new birth we do not contribute anything to bringing ourselves to salvation there's another word here it's important for us to talk about for a moment connected with the word born again may, may I say something before I go further Just I, I, this is something I want to help you with if you're a Christian you don't have to preface it with "I'm a born again Christian." There's only one kind of Christian, it's born again. If you haven't been born again, don't talk about being Christian. So you don't have to say "born again Christian." All you have to say is "I'm either born again or I'm Christian." Or "Are you born again?" Yes. It's no Christian do it. Not to add the word. But that word "again" too um, has uh, import here, because. Uh, it translates the Greek word "onathan." Onathan can be rendered into English as it is in our English Bibles as "again," but it also can be rendered rightly as "above." And it is onathan is translated uh, that way in John nineteen verses eleven and twenty three, and it it accords with verse uh, earthly things and heavenly things the reality is from above indicates that the new birth is heavenly in origin it's come from God in fact um, John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God but of God there is no earthly power no earthly desire no earthly will nothing on earth that could cause a person to be born again it is God born of God people become children of God because of God's work but the the translators say again and it's okay to say again because on a thing can be translated again in fact Nicodemus in verse 4 took it as a second time so he was thinking it's being born again of course not in the sense that our Lord Jesus is speaking of it I, I hesitate to tell you this but I'm going to William Barclay and the reason I hesitate to say this not a commentator I tell you to go buy his books don't but he was right about this he has the Beth of both worlds when it talks about the words again and above. He says this, unless a man is reborn from above. Right. <laughs> unless a man is reborn from above. Unless a person, whether a very religious person like Nicodemus or a pagan or a pimp or a prostitute or an irreligious man are a moral man, all kinds of men, regardless of where they are um, in terms of moral living and all of that, they all have one thing in common: they must be born again it 's required the new birth if one is going to see the kingdom of God, physical sight is not the point here it 's not what is meant. Let me help us for a moment apart from the new birth people are spiritually blind spiritually blind this blindness is a spiritual disability that comes with our first birth all of us were born spiritually blind i've had people tell me in the past that they've always been saved i say that's a lie you haven't always been saved nobody's born saved we're all born spiritually blind. One, once born people are sightless spiritually. They cannot see the reality of divine truth. First Corinthians 2.14 The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. For they are foolishness to him. They are spiritually appraised. They can't see it they hear the gospel they hear about the cross they hear about Christ dying there being buried and raised and all the blessings of the cross and they just can't see it they'll even say I can't see it of course you can't because you're blind once born people are blind that word see it refers to the spiritual sight of saving faith And this sight is impossible apart from the new birth. Notice in the text, it says here, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He needs to be born again in order to see, to have spiritual sight once this person is reborn, once God works in his heart to transform him by the new birth, brings him from darkness to light, then the person can see. Here's uh, the Reformed theologians. I agree with them. I think they're right because I think it's scriptural. They say it like this, quote, regeneration precedes faith, end of quote. R.C. Sproul, in his book, Chosen by God, elaborates here. Listen to these words by the late Dr. Sproul. He says, our nature is so corrupt, the power of sin is so great, that unless God does a supernatural work in our souls, we will never choose Christ. We do not believe in order to be born again. We are born again in order that we may believe. End of quote. And that's true. You believed because you had been born again. You thought, oh, I trusted Jesus and then I was born. No, no, no. You got the order wrong. The order is you were born again, then you believed. Because you couldn't believe until you were born again. You were dead. You were corrupt. You refused God. You were blind. You couldn't do anything but what you were doing, rebelling against him, until he granted you the new birth. Seeing, then believing. (laughs) That's how it works in the spiritual realm. In addition to gaining spiritual sight when we are born again, several other spiritual realities occur in the life of the child of God. You wouldn't know this except the revelation of God points it out to us. The moment we believe God, we can see the reality of divine truth we see Jesus Christ for who he is we see the glory of God in the face of Christ as Paul writes we see who he is we understand at that moment who he is you can't do that until you're born again once born people can't do it but twice born people do and when that occurs some other things occur as I just mentioned number one made alive in Christ Ephesians 2 5 we're raised from spiritual death to spiritual life then there's an inward transformation, Colossians chapter two eleven. There's a circumcision that, that's made without hands. It happens internally. Sin is cut away. The body of sin. That transformation transpires at the moment we become new creations in Christ. Second Corinthians five seventeen. We're no longer what we were. We're new creations in Christ. We become a child of God. John chapter 1 12 and 13 I just read a moment ago to you that that moment you're born again you are then a child of God another thing happens imputed the imputed righteousness of Christ the righteousness of Christ's life and his obedience perfect obedience is God gives that life to us treats as if we had lived his life we're received accredited with his righteousness these things occur at the moment of our new birth oh yeah did i say we entered the kingdom we're in the kingdom of god at that precise moment all these things happen simultaneously there are others as well for example we're sealed with the holy spirit of promise we are the forgiveness of sin you can just go through the new testament you can just enumerate the things that happened to us when we were born again which you did not fully comprehend until you began to study the word of God and realize, ah this is how I was transformed to new birth think about all these things I've just said you couldn't accomplish that on your own you can't fix your heart can you no unable to do that what did Jeremiah say in Jeremiah 13? Can an Ethiopian change his skin? Can a leopard change his spots? Neither can you who are accustomed to doing evil, do good." Jeremiah 13:23. The utter inability of men to do anything about their spiritual condition before God requires the new birth. The new birth. God had to do it. Before we were saved, we were hostile. Hostile to God and to his law. In fact, we were not able to subject ourselves to it. We would not submit to it because of our sinfulness. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Write it down. Look it up later. See, that's what you were before you became a Christian. The new birth is required God has to change people the new birth is all of God point number two new birth is all of God Nicodemus has heard what Jesus said here and then he, he retorts verse 4 how can a man be born when he is old he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born can he now Nicodemus unsaved but he's not stupid he, he knew that he couldn't somehow go back and reenter his mother's womb and be born again physically he knew that's not what Jesus is saying come on what he does he picks up on Jesus' analogy he understood that Jesus was telling him he needed to do, he didn't need to add anything to his religious efforts He understood that Jesus was saying to him, Nicodemus, you need to get rid of all your religious endeavors. Do not rely on any of that because that can't save you. You need to start all over. You need to start from scratch, if you will. Remember the Apostle Paul? He came to that realization after he met Jesus. Remember Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Verses 4 through 9. The first part of the passage there. Those verses. He enumerated all his accomplishments. He was a Pharisee. A Pharisee. He was born of the tribe of Benjamin. He had all of that. But when he met Christ. He counted it as loss. For the surpassing value of knowing Christ his Lord. And he wanted to be found in him. Not having a righteousness of his own. But a righteousness that comes from Christ. He recognized that all of his religious efforts and attainments accounted for absolutely nothing. It didn't save him. It couldn't save him. And that was Nicodemus' need at the hour to understand that all of your religious activity will not open the door to the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you why the uh, people who were once born, people who uh, think somehow... They can do good things. You know, people here, even sometimes people who are professing Christians, talking about, yeah, how are you going to get to heaven? Well, I do good deeds. Really? Is that the cause? So you're depending on your good deeds to get you to heaven? You don't even understand the gospel. Unsaved people and some mixed up. Uh, Christians can think like that but unsaved people for sure the spiritually blind cannot see that their works their deeds cannot save them they can't see it they, they, they're, um, they think that you get to heaven like you do everything else you have to earn it it's not the way it works not the way it works it's all of God. Jesus expands on this. Verse 5. He says again, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the author of the new birth. He has the principal role. The other members of the Trinity are involved. For example, um, James chapter 1 it speaks about God the Father says God, meaning the Father, is involved in new birth. But the Holy Spirit is a principal uh, member of the Trinity in this reality. It's a divine work devoid of human assistance. Fallen man cannot do anything to assist God in his new birth. The whole notion of our assistance is ridiculous. It says, of water and the Spirit. The word water there in the minds of some means that there has to be baptism they see that as christian baptism they're called the baptismal regenerist or baptismal regeneration that uh, baptism a new birth rather is mediated through baptism they think you got to be baptized if you're not baptized you and believe you're not going to heaven But let me give you a couple of ideas to refute that, I think, right from the text. First of all, in his interaction with Nicodemus, Jesus does not mention water baptism at all. Certainly, Christian baptism did not exist at the time that Jesus talked here with Nicodemus. Further, if he had talked to him like that, Nicodemus would have been saying, What? What, what, What's Christian baptism? What's a Christian? The church hadn't been born then. It wouldn't have made sense to Nicodemus. Well then, what's the reason for the mention of water with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, in the Old Testament, water is used figuratively for purification, is used for cleansing. Numbers 19 for one, Joel two and some other Old Testament texts. Say this. I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. Because I think this is important for us to grasp. And by the way, this is a text that Nicodemus should have understood. Ezekiel chapter 36. This is um, a text about the new covenant and what God is going to do for his people in the promise of the new covenant enunciated here verse 24 let us begin there it says for I will take you from the nations God is speaking of course gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land now get this verse 25 then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Think about it. It's figurative language. You think really putting water physically on a body is going to separate a person from idol- idolatry? No, the cleansing there is spiritual. Water is figurative, symbolic. And it's all related to the Holy Spirit. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Um, Verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. The Holy Spirit and cause you to walk up in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Notice, God in salvation, a new covenant, a new birth. What he does, he cleanses from sin. The Holy Spirit comes to live within. To enter the kingdom of God, one must be spiritually washed You must have your soul washed. The Holy Spirit accomplishes that washing in the new birth. We're dirty spiritually before we come to faith in Christ. We're spiritually dirty. We're spiritually defiled. And at the new birth, we are washed clean. Paul in Titus 2, 3. Elaborates his truth. Titus 3. He says, He saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by, get it, washing of regeneration. (laughs) Washing of regeneration. Regeneration is a reference to the new birth. It's a sovereign act of God by the Holy Spirit and through which... We preach gospel and it comes instantaneously and it cleanses. This new birth. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. You're cleansed. That's what water means in John three. It's not talking about baptism, it is talking about the cleansing effect of the new birth on the soul, because the soul then is washed. It's washed that's what happened to us verse 6 of John chapter 3 you need to go there again that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit Jesus as he continues uh, explaining uh, the reason for the new birth and why it's all of God like generates like apple trees produce apples all a natural birth can reproduce is fallen human nature a spiritually polluted, corrupted by sin nature. Haven't you noticed? Parents notice this. Your children are just like you. Go and say amen if you can. And what I mean by that, they, uh, they, they have some of your sinful tendencies and dispositions. You know why? Because they come from you. Because it's so you can produce another fallen human being. You're fallen. Here come your little fallen kiddos. And they fall right in line, so to speak. <laughs> because that's all the flesh can do. Human nature re- reproduces fallen human nature. Corrupted by sin. That's what we are. The flesh cannot accomplish anything. Jesus said in John six sixty three the flesh profits nothing. It cannot produce spiritual life. So can a man by his work, his service, his religion do anything other than produce sin and corruption? No. That's all he can do. That's what has to be all of God. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Holy Spirit produces a new birth. He does it. He has to do it. George Whitfield, he died in 1770. He was an Englishman and he preached in America uh, prior to uh, this nation being formed. Whitfield preached a sermon called The Nature and Necessity of Our New Birth in Christ Jesus. He said this, Our souls, though still the same as to essence, yet are so purged, purified, and cleansed from their natural dross, filth, and leprosy, by the blessed influence of the Holy Spirit, that they may properly be said to be made anew. End of quote. Indeed. Made new. We are made new. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why he has to do it. Jesus further says in verse 7, Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again by the way the you there in the original language is plural the first you to Nicodemus was singular here it is plural and Jesus saying not only you Nicodemus but your associates in the Sanhedrin your fellow Pharisees you need to be born again and not only that them but by extension all of us are in need of the new birth down through human history and you'll notice what Jesus says you must be born again don't overlook that word must The reason Jesus says you must be born again is because there is no other way for entrance into the kingdom of God. You must be born again. It's a divine must. The divine necessity. The necessity of the new birth. So as our Lord continues this instruction, Nicodemus at night, he says about the Holy Spirit. He uses nature the wind blows verse 8 where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but do not know where it comes from and where it is going this is an illustration show that uh, Nicodemus your religion your religious activities none of that can bring you to the kingdom you can't control salvation no more, you can control the wind. Think about: it. we can't control the wind. We can't predict anything about it where it's going to go. We we don't know that. We can't do that. We observe its effects, and the same is true of the work of the Spirit of God his sovereign work of regeneration in the human heart can neither be controlled nor predicted yet the effect of what the spirit does can be seen and transformed lives that's why it says born of the spirit you don't know who the spirit of God is going to give the new birth to can't control him he is sovereign somebody gets saved well I never thought they'd be a Christian Who told you to think about that? Can't control that. You can't by your own efforts, your own work, any of that, get yourself into the kingdom. It's the work of God, the Holy Spirit. That's why you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're in the kingdom because the sovereign work of the Spirit gave you new life. Why? Why? You didn't get up one morning and tell me, okay, Spirit, just today we're going to get saved. Come on. No. You were somewhere doing something and you heard the gospel and you believed because you had been born again by the work of the Spirit of God and now you follow Jesus happily and joyfully and thank Him every day that He has saved you. It's a sovereign work of the Spirit of God. You, you, you weren't some candidate that God looked at and said, wow, you're great. I got to have you in my family no you are rank center dead in your sins deserved hell and God in his mercy saved you now you you find out I'm different I have new inclinations I have new desires the word of God I love it I open it and I want to worship God and I I, when I hear songs that extol Christ I love that I love his people it's because you've been born again changed you. That's why you are what you are. Well, the new birth is required. The new birth is all of God. The new birth is by sovereign grace. Nicodemus is incredulous. Verse 9 and verse 10. He said, how can these things be? Jesus just obliterated his whole religious life by saying you can't get in by those ways. It's the Holy Spirit, the new birth. Notice what Jesus says to him. Verse 10, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? (laughs) The teacher. If we were saying it, we'd say, uh, Reverend Dr. Nicodemus. great Bible scholar, Nicodemus. You don't know these things? Sovereign grace. The new birth. Even the believing <laughs> is a gift of God. We saw that last week. It's a gift of God. What do you do then? First of all, you need to ask yourself, am I born again? Am I in the kingdom? If you're a Christian, then you need to mimic our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell people they need to be born again. And they say, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. Let me explain it. And when you're doing that, you preach the gospel. That's how you do it. It's the preached word. That's how we came. We heard the gospel proclaimed. It's by means of the gospel. The Holy Spirit takes divine truth and applies it to a sinner, brings them to life, new birth, and they believe and are saved third thing I guess we could say remember this it is God and God alone who saves what's incumbent upon us as believers is we share the gospel that's our responsibility what God does is what we can't do he brings them the new life new birth we just be his servants and share it The gospel and then let God do what he chooses with whom he chooses for his glory let us bow together and pray Lord we thank you if we're those of us who are here saved thank you for your your mercy to us we pray for those who are not saved We ask you to have mercy on them. Extend your gracious salvation to them. You tell us not only to witness but to pray for the lost. And we pray that you bring men and women to yourself. Pray you do it even this day. But you do it whenever you choose. For you are Lord of all of these matters. we thank you for the reminder. Help us to worship and honor you and exalt you and thank you for what you've done for us, undeserving sinners as we are. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.